Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast here. Really, really interesting stuff that we are going to get into here today. I'm excited to share it with you. We talked about fluoride last week and, you know, kind of expanding on that a little bit from a different angle. I found some very interesting stuff. Not going to talk about fluoride too much. So, you know, if you already kind of feel like you know enough about it yeah we know it's not good to drink not good to give to kids not good to give to adults not good to brush your teeth with it all that stuff i just found a family that is connected to it in a pretty interesting way and just some of the things that they do in their personal lives what we can gather at least um is very very strange to say the least very dark I know that it's a word that gets overused, but very demonic. I mean, this is absolutely a strange, strange family, and you don't hear about them. They're not, you know, considered to be like one of these, uh, you know, 13 bloodlines or anything like that, but I think that they're above them. Um, Some people out there might have heard of like this queen mother and all this stuff. I have some stuff on that, I think, you know what I mean? It's it's a a very strange topic. I haven't heard anybody talk about it um, other than someone that i'll be citing here and this is a pastor tillis you can see his videos on youtube talks about this a little bit and you know you can't even really cross check it a whole lot but i can't poke any holes in what he's saying um kim actually found this stuff and brought it to my attention this family that i'm going to be talking about later and the reason i'm not doing it up front here to be 100 percent honest is just because like like i said no one talks about these people they were kind of implicated in the dutro affair out of belgium um and and when wikileaks like released the whole client list i think it was because of this particular family that the belgian government just wiped it all off the internet asafp and it's like i said it's dark we're gonna start off talking about pharmacia a little bit um because how are you gonna talk about you know demonic energy and black magic and medicine and not mention this right so pharmacia i'm gonna talk about this pastor tillis dude that seems to be kind of the voice when it comes to information about this family gonna talk about this demonic castle that they own in belgium um and and just like the big pharma ties some of their really you know inappropriate which is a word i don't like to use but it's just really really inappropriate managing of like hazardous chemicals and horrible horrible things i mean this is a really interesting episode and it, it might be a little long and we will be all over the place but i've got my notes here i'm going to try and keep this as linear as possible and try and make it really easy to uh to follow but it is deep and it, there is some some connections that you may have to make in your own head and um this whole thing's allegedly that you know don't believe anything i'm saying this is all just meant to be entertainment right um now i'll talk about that i'll talk about what the name of this castle that they own is 
and um you know i found some really cool esoteric kind of perspectives and some some angles on this stuff it's uh like it's just it's truly truly interesting i'm kind of as i'm talking thinking about how exactly i want to go about it but uh i've got everything listed out here and at the end the very very end i'll talk about some things i didn't know about ig farben and i think that that this family that i'm going to be talking about here took a, a big you know page out of the playbook of the rockefellers ig farben the cohorts of the of the whole uh, operation that these guys were running back then i mean when you when you talk about pharmacia you have to mention ig farben right um it's all very very strange and i'm kind of like finding it all really recently and you know i I did some work on it and and have been kind of looking into this for about two weeks at this point you probably heard me mention it on monday night master debaters on matt's show there and um it's dark just to say the least you know the 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 patreon portion is not going to be for like you know people that are you know uh sensitive to some of this really dark stuff so you know not a way to try and you know enthrall you into getting into it but uh yeah it is it is dark so let's run through these plugs real quick you guys know i got to do those up front um the big thing right now guys check out the conspiracy soap i've got a link on the link tree it's in the show notes here check it out a lot of people have been buying them uh really thankful to everybody that has been doing so selling the four pack on dangerousworldpodcast.com for twenty dollars there's five dollar shipping it's a flat rate and uh so you get four high quality like legit ass bars of soap you gotta just you gotta you gotta use them to really realize how cool this is and we're planning on expanding we're planning on getting at least two more cents before the holidays and we want to kind of change some things we want to make like the packaging cooler and all this stuff packaging's already dope right now but you know kind of kind of trying to you know improve that brand a little bit so we need your help if you guys like this idea of kind of seeing more conspiratorial products out there whether it's soap or you know i i, I know people do like beard oils and things like that i want to do like everyday things hot sauce would be dope you know what i mean i want to try to uh to expand but obviously right now the soap is a big thing and it's great stuff four different scents check it out 25 dollars out the door and uh i'm turning those out really quick when you order them i'm not lagging i'm getting them right out so uh, appreciate all those who have ordered. I haven't heard any negativity at all about these things. So again, check those out. I mentioned dangerousworldpodcast.com. You can get the merch there. And if you want to hear all the versions of all of these episodes rather than just the first hour or so, go to patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. And uh, for $3, I mean, you're not going to spend $3 better anywhere else, to be honest. So show your support. You know what I mean? Uh, getting back into the full swing of doing a deep dive once a week and then the uh, news show. And every once in a while, I'm releasing a Monday Night Master Debaters a week later as well. Um, and then some bonus content's going to be coming out on the Patreon for the $5 tier. So appreciate your support there, guys. Last but not least, Pure Pet Wellness is an awesome American-sourced CBD company, human-grade stuff for your pets. 20% off. If you enter the promo code DWP as in Dangerous World Podcast, DWP gets 20% off at purepetwellness.com. My dogs love the tincture during thunderstorms. I'll tell you that right now. So um, that's it as far as the plugs go. I appreciate uh, all the support, guys. And, you know, getting right into it here with, with this black magic and medication and big pharma and all this stuff, right? 
you've got 60 percent or so of americans that are on some sort of big pharma drug they're on some sort of prescription with an average number of drugs per person being four four different pharmaceuticals um, the average american takes every single day now i'm lucky enough to where i don't take any right um but there's a lot of people out there that do i i think just about everybody with the exception of my sister who's younger than i am i think in my family has to take these things so it's scary when you really get into what these could be about and what medication is and in the older generations it's really indoctrinated into their heads that they need these things right now the word pharmakia is greek for sorcery now a lot of you probably know this and trust me we're gonna we're gonna get rolling here really quick but just for those that have missed this i want to share it um there's no debate that this that this word pharmakia comes from sorcery that sounds like something that like some like you know conspiracy theorists said it's like in black and white this is what the word pharmakia means sorcery and that's where we get our word pharmacy from okay why are we taking pharmacy and you know take borrowing that word from sorcery which is usually associated with like black magic and stuff i know that there's all different types of sorcery and i'm not trying to have that conversation here but no one online tries to debunk if they could the fact that i mean you can type in on any kind of mainstream source pharmakia and you will get this fact that it comes from the greek word uh the, the greek version of sorcery right now a big part in witchcraft and sorcery is using potions or spells to heal or maybe obviously hurt a subject or some kind of target and i would say that this would specifically again be black magic usually if you're trying to affect someone else uh, that's that's you know black or low or dark magic right but some people use witchcraft to do good things they think that they're good i still think that there is um you know it's a weird world to get into if you start trying to do spells and shit like that i think that you know there's a lot of better ways to go about things but to each his own you know i'm not trying to get cursed over here i just think that um messing with this stuff i think is a dark world uh some people are prone to it already right there's people out here in this podcast world that say that they have connections to these things and all this stuff it's hard to know what to believe but i think that most of these people are good people when they when they um you know at least the ones that i'm talking about but it, again it's still strange I, I think that this is really really murky water that you get into here when you start messing with magic and when someone gets hurt and has pain pills subscribed to them or even worse if someone has some kind of like mental disorder and gets subscribed ssris oftentimes an addiction takes hold there and starts controlling the person under the influence of these drugs these are called drugs for a reason right like we don't mince words here with that there's like narcotic drugs and then there's pharmaceutical drugs why are they why are they called the same damn thing again it's a weird weird line that we're that we're uh, kind of walking here and i do think that any type of addiction is the same you can be addicted to attention with social media you can be addicted to alcohol you can be addicted to heroin cigarettes meth sugar any of this stuff right really anything you can be addicted to but the difference with these pharmaceutical addictions is that they were created to be addictive right there's good versions of sugar that you can get there's good versions of uh tobacco that you can get right i don't think that there's any good versions of heroin or meth out there uh alcohol could be you know uh, in moderation could be a great thing um i'll admit i drink far too much of it i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to act like i'm i don't have my addictions i think just about everybody 
in Western society does have some kind of addiction. So with that said, um, these pharmaceuticals are created with the purpose of getting the subject hooked on them so that their behavior changes and their personality changes. They package it as a way to heal. But look at the side effects of these things, right? Mania, all kinds of wild stuff that we're going to get into here. And it gets really freaking deep. But the addiction, you've heard it before, is kind of like demonic possession, right? These entities, these things attach themselves to a subject and don't leave them until they're addressed first by name and then cast out. That's what a demon is. You see the same thing with addiction. The first step is admitting it, right? Calling it out, saying, yes, I am an addict. That's like, you know, saying a a name of a demon. We'll use a Braxis because he'll come up later. Calling it out, first steps admitting, all that stuff. Then you have to turn yourself over to a higher power, they tell you, right? When you're addicted, admitting you're addicted, let's say to, to oxys, oxycotton, right? It's like saying and identifying a demon's name and then attacking it. People go through withdrawals. They're they're tortured like crazy during their detox period because, I mean, life just seems easier ignoring this dark presence for a lot of people. And it's a very sad thing, but it's all constructed this way intentionally. And essentially i think that the drug withdrawal is like a torture on the subject until they're able to fully cast this thing out of their system right think of it as a metaphor but also i mean it's very real here that's pretty uncanny really the resemblance between an addiction and a demon i i know we've heard this before but it really is especially when you start looking into these people that are behind these you've heard of some of these families out there but i promise you the one that I'm talking about, you haven't heard of these people. Um, you know, people oftentimes really act like a different person when they're under the influence of whatever drug they're on, or if it's something like a pharmaceutical, it's almost like the 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 actual sincere person is gone, and it's it's been kind of overtaken by the personality when the you know because the drug is constantly in your system, so the personality is forever changed. Right? You get the point. You get the point. Many people have heard the connections before. They're very obvious. But going back to what I said before, with the average American taking four drugs a day, we kind of seem like a nation of possessed people at that point, right? If 60% of Americans are on some kind of pharmaceutical, the average being four different drugs, I mean, that's scary to think about. What would we actually be like if all these drugs weren't introduced and all, I mean, so many people are on them because doctors are kind of persuaded into selling these things and they sell them very well, right? Rather than just, you know, kind of uh, addressing the actual problem, these things are a Band-Aid and a Band-Aid is kind of easy for a lot of people. People are busy. Like I, I'm not I'm not looking down on anybody with an addiction to anything. Like I said, I drink way too much, but I see it, I see it a little bit different. Maybe that's part of the addiction. Maybe that's thinking like, you know, my alcohol is different than... Um, taking a drug that i'll that i'll talk about later lovox which is another one that you may have not heard of there's um you know a, i think fluvoxamine is the generic version I, I should know that but uh because we're going to talk about it here in a second but it's it's strange it's strange here so you know the question is always when you get to these things who's behind it who's behind this push of these drugs and, and why would they have a vested interest in trying to possess people with these things right 
again, you've heard of families, and you've heard me mention these guys on Master uh, Monday Night Master Debaters. If you listened last week or this week, I guess it was. Um, you've heard of the Rockefellers, the Sackler family. Those are the ones that invented oxys. The Rockefellers like changed the entire medical system, and I'll talk about them later with Ig Farben. But you don't hear the name Solvay in connection with these black magician pharmacists. At least I hadn't, and I really pride myself in kind of knowing a lot more than the average person, and even more than like the conspiracy podcaster on average about like secret families, secret societies. I have never heard this name Solvay, okay? And when I started looking into them, I just, I mean, the rabbit hole goes deep here. Now we're gonna go fairly deep down. You can make all kinds of different connections after and if you you know take the the uh, liberty to go and look into these guys more, you will find stuff that I missed. So since we're going to be going you know going fairly deep here, let's start with some basic stuff. Um, still, probably some stuff that you're not familiar with, but you're, you've definitely seen the symbols out there. Uh, the first one I want to mention here is the caduceus, right? This is that staff with the the wings on top and the two snakes kind of forming a double helix, like our DNA, right? The DNA is a conspiracy all in its own, and it's absolutely nuts. The idea that these evil leaders of society want to work on behalf of the devil and take human DNA, which is the double helix, this is created by God, in the image of himself, we're told, right? If you if you follow Christianity, which I, I do for the most part, uh, although I don't call myself that. I always like to be clear. I, I, I believe in Jesus and... Uh, all that stuff but man the christians have done some some weird stuff and and it really it's a religion that's changing too um they're starting to accept like all kinds of shit that they weren't in the past and you can call that evolving but i don't know uh, it's it's a again if you are kind of leaning towards that christianity side we're told that we're made in the image of god now obviously i i think that what that means is the dna whatever created us wanted us to have this certain type of dna and it, it happens to be a double helix we're told right i've never seen it but it's kind of like the consensus this double helix and the snakes form this double helix on the staff of the caduceus and i've mentioned this before too with the idea of like you know the devil coming in and trying to take this this you know double helix and possibly turn it into a triple helix and i talked about skull and bones how that 322 in my opinion represents that i mean you have you know 22 base pairs of chromosomes that every human has and these are called autosomes okay not autosome but autosomes and that 23rd pair in your double helix dna is either an x or a y making you either a male or a female there are no other ones for the woke people out there you're either an x or a y and no matter what that makes you one or the other okay this is science you're telling us to trust science here you, you got to meet us halfway there's 22 base pairs autosomes and then your 23rd making you either a male or a female so there's a total of 44 autosomes or two sets of 22 right the transhumanist goal in all likelihood is to you know and maybe this is really the the goal of the elite i don't know if it's so much just transhumanism but transhumanism i think go hand in hand with luciferianism and this is to add a third set of 22 making your god created dna go from 222 to 322 right 222 322 skull and bones that's their thing right a lot of weird shit happens on march uh 22nd too um 
sometimes it, it goes kind of unnoticed like that freaking uh the snake video the snake venom video that uh Stu peters released a while back that was on march 22nd where he was talking about how covid is is uh cobra venom and all this shit uh that was one of those things where it blew up and now no one's talking about it really so you know things like that really sneaky things so when you go to like you know timeanddate.com and you look at, at things i know brandon did that on our uh, news show the other day you won't see all kinds of things going on on 322 but this is a massive thing for them and i think it goes back to this so the dna alone is very interesting so you know the the reference to demonic dna is right there in the caduceus with the snakes making a dna strand i don't have to tell you that the snake is supposed to be a demonic symbol right traditionally this is you know the serpent is is a a cousin or a friend maybe of the devil right it's supposed to mean bad things no trust me it gets a lot better here it said that the caduceus was a staff held in the left hand left hand path the left hand of the greek god hermes who is you know among many other things the thing that i'm focusing on here he's the messenger of the gods guide of the dead protector of merchants gamblers liars and thieves that's interesting right there right the thing is that this symbol was never meant to be any kind of medical symbol at all it's kind of a bastardized version of the uh the rod of uh, asclepius and think about that really quick right taking but without even knowing what asclepius represents which i i'm sure some of you out there know already but why why out of all the different symbols that you could take would you identify medication a with pharmacia sorcery and why would you have its universal symbol representative of of it right and also the god of gamblers liars and thieves especially liars and thieves merchants is another weird one too because we're kind of moving into this age where companies are like almost as powerful as the government if not more so and i think that we're getting there that's the whole copper age idea with the gold uh silver and copper right i've talked about that before as well but liars and thieves with medication that's that's a scary thought and you see this this rod of asclepius uh in the star of life it's called on ambulances which is that blue six-pointed star almost kind of looks like the red hot chili peppers thing uh uh-huh, which is funny really there's a few companies that use that i uh, one that's coming to my mind is uh i think it was almost the uh skating company like they made you know skate decks back in the day but um you know the six-pointed star again blue and white okay we see that that same color combination in a lot of these really weird groups we see it with the world economic forum we see it with the un cern it's meant to bring this feeling of calmness and sterilization it's kind of ironic to think of that right if you make a red logo and you associate red with with your brand and then you're doing some things it 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 evokes an emotion at a subconscious level right so it is really interesting to me somebody that grew up really interested in art and considers myself a a really low level artist i mean i i enjoy like painting and drawing and shit like that um colors have always interested me very very much and 
it's kind of genius that they use blue and white for all these really, really creepy organizations, a lot of globalists. And then obviously, if we're talking about this demonic energy, why would you use black and red? You use the opposite. Use blue and white. It makes the most sense. Take it all and turn it upside down. That's what you do if you're these elite evil bastards right here. Um, but this rod of Asclepius is a single snake. It's not the double helix snakes coiled up the the uh, the rod there. And um, there's no wings on top, which I, I'm not 100% sure what the wings signify. Maybe that's just Hermes itself, right? Uh, but it comes from the Greek god of medicine. This makes a whole lot more sense for a symbol of pharmacy than the god of thieves and liars. Using the god of medicine... <laughs> actually i mean that that would make sense it sounds like a good thing healing and medicine but no they're they're taking this away from us and they're they're telling you right there that our medical system is led by thieves and liars not medicine men not people that are trying to heal again thieves and liars absolutely crazy um they're telling you what it's all about there with the healing and the health care of this country especially um I think it's worse here in the United States than it is anywhere else. Why would you throw away a, a symbol dating back thousands and thousands of years that's linked to healing and replace it with a symbol associated with the God of thieves and liars? Again, that's just crazy to me. I, I hope that, that you're seeing this here, like how fucked that is. There's no other word for it, really. Now, I should mention Asclepius is the son of Apollo and the snake um in that rod of his is supposed to be a, a certain kind of rat snake shedding its skin which you don't really see the, the the skin shedding but that's supposedly the story behind the symbol and that that's the snake shedding skin symbolizes rebirth which again is a positive thing i mean you know reborn christian i i think of being reborn as a positive it could obviously be taken negatively um but with medicine i mean you can see that and, and it really does make sense taking something which again a snake kind of traditionally representing evil shedding its skin being reborn into something new taking a sick person and allowing them to be reborn into a healthy person you know you i'm kind of you know connecting dots that may not be there but again as a whole the asclepius symbol seems to be so much more positive than hermes um, but, you know, again, they like to take something positive and, and make it negative. It just seems to be the status quo here. You see it with everything. You see it with the star. You see it with the Christian cross. You see it with all that stuff. So um, some more kind of, you know, relating to the occult here. And I'm going to talk about Hermes a little bit more. Hermes called the Caduceus the conductor of souls. There's another interesting part about this whole thing. It was said that the magic in that staff had enough healing power to raise even the dead from Hades and bring them back to the light of day. You're getting a lot right here, right? You're getting Hades, you're getting light, you're getting all this stuff. Raise the dead. This is an idea that dates, you know, or doesn't date back, but it goes into transhumanism and the um, cosmists and the cosmism, right? Um, you see this in every religion just about too, especially in Judaism. They talk about this, uh, raising the dead. It's a, it's a, uh, pretty prevalent idea in the occult and this this caduceus being the conductor of souls has the power to bring people from the dead back to life and that would be a demonic society right we're talking zombies here i mean this is this is dark stuff so with this symbol the medical industry has become the conductor of souls or so they think they are right 
Um, they, they want this role. They want to be the ones that are in power of your souls. They want as many people as possible under the influence of their drugs. They want people dependent on them. They want your soul, right? If you're, if you're hooked on Xanax and you have a prescription from a, a loving doctor that gives you this, he made you part of that system. He or she, trying to be gender neutral here, he made you part of that system, right? Maybe not intentionally. Maybe he's not doing it with any ill will. He does get a nice commission if he's told to prescribe. Um, I think I, now that I say prescribed, I feel like I used the word subscribe earlier. And if I did, you, you got a free you got a free one on me right there. Okay, but you know when these doctors prescribe this, they might not even know what they're doing, what system they're a part of. Right? I don't think it's necessarily taught in medical school that pharmacy comes from sorcery but they want so many people under their control here and they're getting it especially in the united states 60 percent more than 60 percent i would bet now i mean the stats i was looking at were i think back in 2015 and that was the earliest i could find but you can see some articles from 2020 i'm sure it did jump up like kind of off the charts um with all the people talking about their anxiety and all this stuff right um, people people don't know anxiety, man. I'm not saying I do, but there's there's people that don't even know that term and they feel it in third world countries and shit, right? Not being able to know where your next clean drink of water is coming from, I think that is gonna add more to your anxiety than not being able to log onto Instagram for a couple of hours, right? Um, it's just crazy. The, the, the way that this leadership of this country and the society really as a whole, the West, they've really, really led us astray here. And I know that this is not the first time you're hearing this, but getting us dependent on all these different things, maybe they are the conductor of souls right now, right? I don't think that they're going to end the the world in that way. They're, you know, once once it's all said and done, they can't be the conductor of souls. There's a there's a higher power here that I I hope is looking out for us. And and you know, any any day now, hopefully. We get some help uh, because they are really running us into the ground and and just fucking us every which way. But think of them as the conductor of souls because they use this symbol and and Hermes called this thing the conductor of souls. Now, this is another interesting part of this too. The story of Zeus killing Asclepius is really, really cool. Uh, it's based on the idea that Zeus feared that Asclepius was uh gonna give man too much power too much knowledge and they'd live forever and zeus didn't want this he wanted souls and, and all this shit in his kingdom and he wanted people to come back to him and all that stuff and he ends up killing asclepius with a thunderbolt and um i don't know i i, I really do think that these black magicians on top of society are on a quest for immortality right it, it just goes back to that whole thing if this guy this god i should say is trying to help people live forever or so zeus thinks you know i i don't know it seems like they would almost kind of want to honor him um but i don't know maybe in a way maybe in a way it's just better to to be a thief and a liar than a medicine man that can actually you know keep everyone living i think what it really goes back to is not wanting everyone to live forever they want themselves to live forever so they will by hook or by crook um 
you know, get these medications out and do research and, and tweak their methods here and there. It's taken them obviously thousands of years, generations to really perfect this stuff. And they're not there yet, but it seems like they're getting close. Like it seems like it's possible we can see it in our lifetime. It's in programming. It's in all this stuff, the talks of immortality. It seems like it's there, right? And I wouldn't doubt that they can do like conscious transference and stuff like that. But for right now, the idea of immortality and transhumanism is, you know, a futuristic idea. Um, but just all that stuff. I mean, I'm interested what you think about that. The, you know, th this seemingly benevolent God trying to genuinely help man to make them live long. That's what medicine's supposed to do, make you live long, right? But maybe it goes too well and, and, and these humans become immortal, and they become like gods and then that would also be a bad thing so it's hard to know exactly you know what what side is up what side's down here but i would i would go with the god of of thieves and, and um and, and liars i would go with that being the bad side right it's not the side i want to be on uh when it's all said and done now th this is a, a quick little thing from the bible that i found too um and I'll share this, I'll actually share this PDF that I found that's really, really informative. I didn't go through the whole thing because it's 41 pages long, but I found some of the information with with the, you know, symbolism of the, the Asclepius rod and the Caduceus. I found some stuff on IG Farben, the Bush connections and all that stuff. I left some of that out, but if you want the full PDF, I'll post that in just the show notes just for everybody because um that stuff is fun to look at you know i love my symbolism and, and all that shit but um they talk about this story in the in the bible as well and i'm no expert on the bible i always like to say that when i talk about it because there's people in this industry that talk about it so much better than i do but this is supposedly a story i haven't read it okay but this is a, a story in the bible i've heard of moses and i know what he did but uh, I don't know the exact words and things. And, and um, so this is just something that I found and I'm sharing it here. Um, when Moses is leading the Jews through the desert, right? They're all bitching and moaning. They're complaining. They're saying like, there's no food. Uh, Family Guy actually has a really great joke because Jews have that, you know, reputation of being complainers and things like that. I don't know enough of them to say if that's true or not, but you see it in cartoons like Family Guy, especially where Moses is leading all the Jews through the desert and they're like complaining about how hot it is and how cold it is and all this stuff. And uh, obviously, you know, they're walking to their freedom, so they need to just like kind of toughen up. But that's the joke. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, I don't know what to tell you. Don't listen to my show. But um, they're all they're all complaining that there's no food. They start cursing God. They start cursing Moses, if I'm not mistaken. And God sends fiery serpents down and they kill a lot of these Jews. They bite them. They, they just really have their way with them. They give them the what for. And they go to Moses for help, admitting that they curse God. And Moses asks God for help for his people right here. And I guess we get this from numbers. Again, not, not familiar with the, the chapters or whatever you call passages. But this is from numbers. This is Old Testament, obviously. And uh, it says, the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. Sounds like either Asclepius or uh, Caduceus, right? And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Mm, interesting. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, what about the women? Okay. If a serpent had bitten any man when he 
beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So Moses makes this symbol. It doesn't say two snakes. It says one snake. But Moses made this sim, uh, this uh, this you know staff of brass with a, a nice little serpent coiled around it, and this was supposed to help his people, the Jews. So this is supposedly a real, real special case in the Bible, and I tend to believe this that it is absolutely a one of one, because everyone knows that you know serpent is usually identified and and connected to darkness and evil, but in this case the serpent that Moses makes seems to help all of his people, right? So that's another kind of connection between medicine and the staff and rod. I just thought it was interesting. It's not what the episode's about, but it is very strange. And with that, I would say, let's get into this whole family, the Solve family, because I tell you all that to tell you this and to talk about not only the symbolism, but some of the things that are in the Bible that they take and they flip upside down and when we, when we talk about the Solvay family, we got to start with the chemical company that they created back in 1863, and this was Ernest and Alfred Solvay. You can look up Ernest Solvay. There's not much on him. There's not hardly anything on Wikipedia. You'd, you'd think someone with these kind of accomplishments and this standing in society would just have like pages and pages, like a Rockefeller type, right? I mean, this guy, I mean, seems, at least in modern times, has more dark influence i mean it's hard to say that anyone has more influence than the rockefellers because they kind of controlled pop culture and they controlled medicine and all these things but i mean this guy seems to go hand in hand but just like another layer deeper in the onion if you want um but again this is created out of belgium today they have around 145 sites all around the world 30 to 40,000 employees and this is in 53 different countries so 145 sites in 53 countries massive company Again, something you haven't heard of. You hear about pharmaceutical companies, right? You don't hear about Solvay, though. You hear about, like, Pfizer. You hear about, like, uh, AstraZeneca. I mean, we thought that those were the only four, right? I mean, the Solvays weren't even mentioned. And I guarantee that they had to have something to do with vaccines, right? I mean, the AI created the vaccine. So, you know, it's, there's no proof here. But why? I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about pharmaceuticals and still nothing on the Solvays. Um they're they're mostly a parent company to some other pharma companies as well and they did which is something we're going to talk about produce an ssri called um lovox i believe it's l-u-v-o-x uh it's like prozac it's like some of these other things we hear about ssris a lot and interestingly enough i found uh, the same part of your brain is is kind of triggered um in the exact same way when you take something like Lovox or Prozac as if you were to take ecstasy or LSD and LSD was really pushed onto a lot of people I mean look at the 60s right um, and, and you see it kind of making a, a, a return people are you know excited about mushrooms and things like this too but uh, more natural shit but you know what if you got people like Soros and you got people like actual federal governments and things like that around the world getting behind this stuff, they're just going to take your natural shit and turn it into something poisonous. Look at what they do to your tomatoes. Look at what they do to your your mushrooms, your, your gourmet mushrooms, that is, your lettuce. I mean, all this stuff, they're just going to take it and turn it into SSRIs. That's what they're doing. Um, so think about that before you get all on board with these with these things. The same can be said for weed, honestly. Um, I, I have nothing against weed, but buying this stuff that's grown at these mega dispensaries, it is a little scary to me. Um, 
So continuing here uh, with with um, you know Solve Pharmaceutical, this this drug that they created, Lovox, was uh, approved in 1997, and this is two years before a big incident that they were connected to, and this is the Columbine shooting. Okay, Lovox is actually connected very very deeply to the Columbine shooting with uh, Eric Harris, right? Eric Harris, uh, kind of the ringleader of the whole thing, has said that there was two people. Uh, what's the other guy? Dylan Clee something. Cleebold or Cleborn. Uh, someone's punching the air right now. I'll, uh, I'll see what it is. Yeah, Cleebold. Uh, I was looking up these guys' autopsies to see if the drugs were present in their system. And in fact, they were. Eric Harris had the generic version of Lovox in his system, which is wild. So we'll get to that in just a second. But um, the the drug was essentially created, Lovox was made to combat OCD and depression, which is like, I mean, depression's like Hansel right now. It's so hot right now to have depression, right? Um, I don't understand. You know, SSRIs are such a unique thing. How do you actually know if someone is suffering from OCD, right? How do you correctly label depression to the point where you can give such an intense drug, a mind-altering, literally mind-altering drug? We talked about the possession. Now, where, where people lose me that are hardcore Christian is like, God created you this way, don't take these medications, do something else. That loses me a little bit because I don't think God sits there and says, yeah, this guy's going to be born retarded. These two are going to be born born uh, conjoined at the head. I don't think it works like that. I think sometimes shit just goes the way it goes. And, you know, some people genuinely need things like this. I wouldn't say anyone needs anything like Lovox, but there's probably some other drugs similar to it that could be given more responsibly. And obviously a lot of the troubles start at home and shit like that. I'm not trying to get into a whole lecture here, but man like i said diagnosing ocd is tough i could be called ocd with some things and then you see like how i live like I, i'm not like the cleanest person right but i'll do things like when i'm jogging uh i have a goal and this is actually crazy i can't believe i'm sharing this but i'll have a goal of jogging let's say two miles because that's usually like the most i can do um you know without really pushing myself most i've done is three but running two miles i'll say my entire family's gonna die if i don't actually get to two miles and guess who gets to two miles even though my shins are burning my knees are busted up i still get it done because i don't want my family to die you know so i, I you know i do those tricks and that could be labeled as ocd if i was someone that was just desperate to get on something like love ox but i'm not um depression such a hard thing to diagnose how do you come to the conclusion that you know the, the the side effects of these pills are mania depression suicidal thoughts how do you tell if a lab rat is feeling these things how do you tell if a lab rat has ocd or depression right you can kind of observe and see like oh yeah this one's a little withdrawn from society but i don't think any of these things are like stacking up like in in uh, numbers of of seven they're like uh you know food pieces or whatever you can't tell if ocd is accurately being treated with a drug like this okay i i actually think that you have to give these obviously there's clinical trials but i think that you have to do these things on a mass scale you have to experiment and see what the true power of these things is you have to do the whole double blind thing maybe you have to give it to people that don't even really know that they're taking it 
that's a scary part of this whole thing. This is a massive operation, it seems. And I mean, it goes a lot deeper than what you think, you know? I don't think that they're just giving this stuff to lab rats. But Eric Harris, like I mentioned, he was on a generic version of this stuff. I guess he was on Zoloft before. He was on a similar SSRI, but he was actually on the legitimate generic version of this and generic versions are the same thing it's just not the brand name that's like the whole deal with the american medical system is that a certain brand name drug can be sold for you know 20 sometimes like even 100 times more than a generic version but the generic versions are the same because you can't patent these things i guess um but the branding and all that stuff goes behind the the brand name so with with this eric harris and, and dylan klebold these guys were normal dudes before all this stuff happened many many accounts talked about how you know these kids were like bring cookies to teachers and shit now who knows if they're rubbing it on their dicks and stuff before they give it to them but they're very seemingly kind kids their behaviors were very normal very calm up until their senior years from what i read from multiple different sources wikipedia even says that that especially eric harris um they, they both worked at a pizza place right he was Domino's. i want to say and um you know eric was the manager there they were pretty like well they they seemed like they were doing okay and it all goes downhill their senior year this is when harris was prescribed the love ox common side effect of this stuff is mania again how do you how do you know that's a side effect without seeing some mania right so i think that these experiments kind of go especially when you learn about the family a little more you might see why i'm just making these assumptions and this is all alleged okay but the connections here are concrete the dude was on Levox when he blasted the fucking school up and um there's no proof that that dylan was on anything but his autopsy shows no drugs were in his system he did have minor liver and kidney damage, which is interesting. I find that very strange if he wasn't on any kind of drugs. These kids weren't drinking a shit ton. Like, they couldn't have been, right? 17 years old. Um, obviously, you can get some booze, but it's not like they're sitting there drinking, like, a bottle of fucking vodka a day. I wouldn't... I couldn't imagine that, right? Pharmaceuticals like this are very hard on your liver and kidney, so that's what kind of makes it suspicious. And if I'm remembering correctly, they kind of really held off on giving the autopsy of uh dylan out um eric harris's was out pretty pretty quickly and this is something that they do uh they they anytime they release any autopsies of school shooters they try to cover them up they, as best they can they want to try to even not release them because they want to keep the identity of the minor safe which i mean think about that it, it's absolutely nuts now this this generic version of the drug that Eric Harris was on is fluvoxamine. And if you go and you look up Lovox, L-U-V-O-X, um, you will see fluvoxamine is the generic version. It says it right on there. And I think it's called drug.com, which is kind of like that, almost like Mayo Clinic. Like, yeah, it's all bullshit, but it's official stuff. Um, it shows fluvoxamine as that generic version. And uh, yeah, you, I recommend that you go and check this out because it's something, something that, you know, obviously, I'm thankful that a lot of you guys take my word for stuff, but look up anything that, that you think is suspicious or weird, because I think it makes us all a little smarter and it. You know, there's some accountability and stuff there. But just some of the last things that I wanted to talk about with the Lovox and um, 
you know, the fluvoxamine, the connection to Columbine. There's this guy, Mark Allen Taylor, who sued Solvay, and I, I believe the lawsuit is still open. Not 100% on that, but, he, you know, they found that Lovox played a role in this whole thing, a significant role. In fact, they think, and they're making the case, that it would not have even happened if the if uh, Harris, provably, wasn't on fluvoxamine. And like I said, I feel that Dylan was on something. Um, probably, in all likelihood, the same thing. Probably getting some of the pills from his buddy. Um if this thing were, I mean, it did go down and everything. Again, I don't know if it's open or not still, but this was said to be like the biggest SSR lawsuit in history, the most groundbreaking situation when it comes to this kind of stuff. And what's interesting too about this, one of the many things, is that Taylor's lawyer was John DeCamp. John DeCamp might sound familiar to you. This guy wrote the Franklin cover-up, um, all about the Franklin scandal, right? And you know after kind of knowing this and after seeing what happens Solvay actually removes uh Lovox and Flavoxamine sorry it's hard it's like a tongue twister saying these drug names sometimes right Solvay removes these drugs from the market the only one that they have the authority to truly remove is Lovox but from what I understand Flavoxamine also goes off the market just for a little while so that they can edit the information and put out different information on how they produce the drug. Now, this is very, very, very important because they have a history there of covering things up and deliberately lying about their processes. And we're going to get into a pretty, pretty extensive bit of that here. But if they take their drug off the market for a short amount of time to try and edit and, and deceive how they made this stuff, that is that is wild. And you'll see why I think that it's plausible. I'm not accusing. I'm just saying, allegedly, this would be something that would make sense, judging by how they've done business in the past, okay? So I guess let's just get right into what I'm talking about here. Um, there's a wild, wild lawsuit. I think that this is another one that's actually still going. And again, sorry, I keep saying I think there is a lot of misdirection when it comes to what's going on with these guys that's why i really do feel like it's very powerful um there's even you know i'm gonna mention the detro affair i heard people saying like he got out of prison and he's out right mark detro he's absolutely not out of prison um i might have misheard i think that he got out for a little while and he was put back in before he actually committed all the crimes but they were making it sound like he got out because the government bailed him out and then he's just free walking around on the streets right now, right? And then other people said that the White March or whatever the hell it was called over there was about, uh, you know, trying to, to to free him. It's the complete opposite. So there's a lot of misdirection here. This is a two-part thing. You've got uh, a situation going on in Spinetta, Italy. Um, the full name is uh, Spinetta Margeno. Orangio? I don't know, man. These these uh, Italians, man. You guys got a way of making uh, words just sound so great, but impossible to spell. Something going on down there, which is closed, and then a connected lawsuit out of New Jersey. So let's just get into it here. The Solvay chemical lawsuit uh, in both these different spots dates back to at least 2001 when uh, Solvay bought a century-old chemical plant. I mean, think about that. Just a mess. I mean, ancient when it comes to a chemical plant. Very, very old, century-old chemical plant that made all kinds of super hazardous shit. Sometimes these things are byproducts. Sometimes these things are product products, right? 
there's actual uses for hazardous stuff. I mean, people use it in uh, pesticides, which, you know, let's not get into that conversation, but there's, there's uses for harmful chemicals, fire retardant and all this stuff. I think they call it fire foam, right? The, the history of this place is well known. It was known that it wasn't really kept upright, but when Solvay bought it, they vowed to fix all the damages, all the old damages, run the plan 100% efficient, economically responsibly. But then a lab analyst on behalf of Solvay goes in in 2005, goes down to, to uh, on behalf of Solvay, mind you, goes into the basement to take some samples because they're a little concerned maybe something's a little off down there. Stude finds yellow powder, yellow sludge all over the place in this fucking basement. This stuff was hexavalent chromium. And this is very, very toxic stuff. Found a bunch of this in the storeroom basement. They'd been spilling toxic waste, some authorities believe, on purpose, actually, because of the massive amount of spillage that was there, and employees would just cover it up. They'd been spilling this stuff. And they actually thought, uh, again, the authorities believed a lot of this was on purpose, just because there was nowhere to really put it, and it's expensive to dispose of this shit. Now, to quote the site that I actually found this from, icij.org, Italian prosecutors eventually brought criminal charges against more than two dozen people, including Solvay executives and the plant's former owner, accusing them of intentionally poisoning the groundwater and failing to clean up the site. Shortly before the changes were filed, uh, I'm sorry, shortly before the charges were filed, and again soon after, De Lugish, which is not Guy LaDouche from uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, De Lugish. Uh, and his immediate family moved assets worth about $50 million into trusts in Singapore and New Zealand with the help of a prominent offshore service provider and Swiss advisors, confidential records show, okay? Over a decade up until today, from what I understand, several of these former employees and residents around this plant have sued Solvay for the poisoning of drinking water. And, you know, actually... You know, what's really funny. Tim Dillon uh, used to talk about this one member of the elite who owned real estate in New York. He used to do like tours in New York. Talked about this this dude who poisoned a river and fled his country. I wonder if this is who it was. Now, he didn't mention the guy, but I wonder if he was talking about this De La Guiche guy, right? And, it, you know, it, it not many people refer to the Solvays. Uh, hopefully, I'm not stupid for doing so because this is on websites i mean people do talk about this i just you know it's not it's not as prevalent as the rockefellers and stuff like that but i don't know you know it's interesting to see him everyone seems so so weird to talk about this particular family this lagish guy they're referring to him only by his last name i've found it seems to be bernard de lagish um this is just you know i kind of put some dots together maybe i'm not correct on that but if anyone else can tell me the real fucking name of this guy the full name fire away because as far as i'm concerned it's bernard de la guiche and anyway you know they they've given out about 74 million in court cases and like i said seemingly they still have to pay for it but this is literally like you and i having to pay like five dollars out for ruining thousands of people's lives right 74 million is nothing to these people but they're ruining their lives permanently right fucking up the water fucking up the wildlife in the area killing who knows how many animals what a joke i mean what a joke 74 million dollars is they probably laughed and they all cheers when they saw that and you know getting into it later they probably 
you know, did some horrible things to some children as well. Allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, because yeah, they, 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 there's weird shit when it comes to this whole place. Now, what happens when this kind of stuff happens? Why climate change, all these different talks and these scare tactics, the elite literally ruin the world with this kind of shit. And then they act as though the middle and lower class have to literally change their lives. We actually literally have to pay for it with our literal dollars, and we barely have enough to get by when these people make billions, trillions of dollars in some cases, fuck up the environment, and then we have to pay for it. And then also we have to fly less, drive less, all this stuff. We're not doing this stuff. This has a profound effect on the environment and the world as a whole, right? I mean, just think about the, the amount of people that were affected by this horrible drinking water, literally highly carcinogenic drinking water that these people ruined. It's disgusting. It's really, really sad. My heart goes out to anybody that has to deal with this shit, man. In Arizona here, we have some horrible drinking water, but in New Jersey, which is the, the second part of this whole thing, I mean, they're on the top of the list with some, some lists as far as bad drinking water. Arizona's usually two. But New Jersey's rough, man, and it's because of people like this. It's because of companies like this. Um, it was actually, you know, what's funny too when I'm looking through this whole thing. Somewhere in this whole, you know, process, I figured out that uh, Solvay basically created baking soda, which is nuts. I mean, baking soda, a, a pretty versatile chemical, seemingly good, but that's old money right there, man. When you create something like fucking baking soda. I mean, you're set. You're set for life. That's better than um, I always. The fake story I give is that my dad invented the splashless urinal cake, and that's from uh, Archer. I didn't make that up myself, but you know that's a that's a solid thing to freaking invent. You know, Arm and Hammer comes about after that, and all these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are these are massively influential people, and they're just sitting here just poisoning water casually. Again. I'm not the one saying they're intentionally doing this. This is the the authorities. Authorities. I'm see. I'm flustered here. The authorities of Italy are saying that Solvay intentionally poisoned the drinking water here. Now, people in the Spinetta plant area remember acid rain throughout the '90s that corroded cars and killed all kinds of natural life, wildlife all in this area and it was somewhat recent discovery of the the massive exposure of fluoridated compounds also known as per and polyfluoracles okay i'm probably really butchering that but uh fluoroacles that's like a tongue twister for me again but all these different fluoride chemicals these pfas they're compounds that belong to a class of more than 4,000 forever chemicals that do not break down in a natural environment. So once this water's contaminated, it's just there, you know? Horrible stuff. Now, there's a few worker stories talking about how, uh, you know, they, they worked around all this highly hazardous chemicals and in this hazardous setting, but they were making so much money as uneducated low-level employees and the higher-ups just told them, like, hey, you know, we follow this code of silence. It doesn't matter if you feel a certain way. If you want to be a part of this, you want to make, you know, three to, you know, five times more than what you would be making if you weren't here, you'll shut your mouth and you'll keep doing what we're telling you to do. Because they're saving a ton of money by not disposing of it properly. Just dumping it in rivers, it sounds like. Disgusting. Where's Greta Thunberg when you need her, right? I mean, she's not going to touch these people. Now, in 2008... This is sad too. A sugar mill was tested 
and there wasn't uh, meant to be any kind of connection with the Solvay plant. They weren't going in trying to find this stuff, but they ended up finding several cancer-causing substances in the water that the sugar mill was using. And many, many, many houses in this area drew their water from a well directly under the Solvay plant. Okay, think of all the cancer that the Solvays have caused, right? You can't even get concrete numbers because everyone uses sugar, everyone drinks water, you know, they, they, they ship chemicals out from there. They ship their products out from there. And it's sad because it's not even criminal negligence. It's, again, not in my words, the authorities of Italy. This was on purpose. Okay? Now, you might, you might at this point, you might be wondering where I'm going with this because, you know, I start off talking about medication. You'll see. Okay? Now, I mentioned the, the 70-something million that they paid out, right? That's over time, but and that's over various lawsuits. But the penalty, the actual penalty that they face for for you know perpetuating these crimes, the verdict from the Italian chemical plant was chump change, four hundred and thirty thousand dollars to multiple residents. Okay, think about the fact that Alex Jones had to pay more than that to Sandy Hook families, four hundred and thirty thousand dollars to several families, multiple residencies. That's like, that's like, I mean, let's say that there's 430 houses that are affected and that's not a, a crazy number. They're each getting a thousand bucks, you know, cut that number in half to, to whatever they're getting 2000. Here's some cancer. We'll give you 2000 bucks. I mean, get the fuck out of here. It's really, really disgusting, man. Um, now the last thing I'll say about this whole Solvay plant is that they're, they're the same deal and I mentioned this, I kind of alluded to it earlier, the same deal when they acquired this Italian plant, they also bought one in New Jersey with nearly identical, identical existing operations. All right, guys, right away, you're going to notice it sounds like I'm recording this through a shoe or a potato. The power's out in my house, but I still wanted to get this out to you guys. I appreciate all the listens and the support. If you enjoyed that first hour of the show, head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. You get an additional 30 minutes, and this is the deep dive stuff and some pretty scary shit that I didn't really want to put out on uh, the free platform. Just, you know, less people are going to hear it over there, and I kind of wanted it that way. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, thanks for the support. Take care.